0: Today we're going to continue moving verse by verse through the book of First Peter. We started that some time back. We're going to continue that today. In that we are being shown how to live when the world is opposed to you. Really how to live when the culture is in opposition to you and and how to live going against the flow of a worldly life. And really if we think about it, that is what we do and that's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. We need to be very clear. We need to be up front. There's only two ways uh, to live. There's only two systems. There's only really two ways of existence and that is the world's way and God's way. And those two things stand in opposition to each other. Those things exist in conflict with one another. And very simply, those two things do not mix. Those two things, by definition, cannot mix. God tells us in his word, the Bible says, you're either of the world or you're of God. And the Bible says, you can read 1 John, if you're of the world, then no matter what you want to say, you're not of God. Um, you can talk like it, you can act like it, you can fool a bunch of folks, but the truth is you cannot exist in that manner as a follower of Jesus Christ. And yet, if you think about it, we're pulled, uh, even as Christians, to compromise. We're, we're pulled just to get along. We're, we're pushed as men especially to operate in both of those systems. We wanna have one foot in the world's system, we wanna have one foot in God's system, but the truth is that cannot happen for a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the context he's talking to in this letter. Uh, remember the people who received this letter uh, because of their faith in Christ. You know what? They, they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because of that, they're being persecuted. Uh, because of that, they are hated. Uh, they are being beaten. They're being run out of their town, cast out of their town. Their families are disowning them. And to those folks, they're, they're now strangers in a, in a strange land uh, to those folks, Peter writes this letter to say, you know what? This is how you're going to exist. This is how you're going to live in a world that's opposed to you. And that's, that's the context. Today we're going to move into the second chapter. Uh, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2 today. We're going to look at the very first three verses of the second chapter. Listen as I read. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the lord let's see what what peter's saying here in our verses now i'm going to start with verse 3 and i'll look at it first and then we'll jump back up and look at the first two verses first 3 3 uh, peter says if you have tasted Of the kindness of the Lord. Now, what he's saying here is if you are saved, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. Remember at the end of chapter one, uh, he tells us the Word of God is the seed that leads to salvation. That's why we preach the Bible, that's why we come back to the Bible. The truth is, Scripture, all Scripture, points us to Jesus Christ. Well, Peter ends chapter one by saying, the seed that leads to salvation is the word of God. And if that seed has taken root in your life, if it is grown by faith in Jesus Christ, if you are truly saved, then these two things should happen, what we see in verse one and verse two. Uh, now let's move and look at verse one. Again, it says this. Therefore, verse three, if you're truly saved, verse one, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Here in the first verse, there's, three, there's a list of things that as Christians, we're to put aside. And I went back and, and looked at each of those words in the original language and got the, the original intent, the meaning of those words. Listen to what we're to put aside as Christians. First word is malice. Uh, we're to put aside malice. That means uh, the intent to seek harm, or the intent to injure somebody. That's not a Christian thing, the the intent to seek harm. However, that is our human instinct. And I'll be honest with you, you you hurt me, you injure me, and my instinct is to hurt you and to make you pay, and honestly, to a higher degree. Well, guess what? We have to set aside malice, the the intent to seek to injure. Next thing we put aside, it says all deceit, all deceit, not part of it, all deceit. Uh, Deceit in the original thought is a deliberate dishonesty. It is a seeking. It is a thoughtful seeking to mislead people. What that means is as Christians, we have to be men of the truth. We have to be people of the truth. We have to be very careful as a Christian that we would speak the truth, that what would come out of our mouth would be the truth. And if there's a person, you know what? This guy's a follower of Jesus Christ. When he speaks, you ought to be able to count on it. You don't have to second guess it. You can take it to the bank. I'll be honest with you. I know some folks uh, and if they're speaking, they're not telling the truth and really those folks ought to just be silent. Uh, As a Christian, the truth is supposed to come out of our mouth. Next word it says is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. It's really a picture that he paints here, uh, a pretending, a faking. And, And in the context, it's a pretend piety. It's trying to act Religious or trying to act uh, in a holy way, or, or, or also in the context, it's a pretend love. I, I pretend that I love other Christians. Uh, really, very simply, it's just trying to act one way, even though you're, you're honestly a different way. What that would look like today is you know what? I've got my church life. And I've got my church friends, and I, and I pretend to love these Christians. And I, and I come around, and I say, yes, and, and I'm praying for you, and we love you, and we shake hands. But in our heart, we have anger, we have resentment. And, and with our mouth, it really isn't so. He's saying here, you know what, as a Christian, we're not to be fake. We're not to be pretenders. Let me just, let me just tell you a, a story, and, and to me, it's really pretty comical, uh, as a preacher, as a pastor. Uh, I, I grew up as a farmer. I intended to, to be a farmer. I worked uh, six years in the oil field when I was going to school to become a preacher. Uh, I never intended to be a preacher, but it's comical now as the pastor of a church, uh, as a preacher to see how people uh, sometimes relate to me. Uh, not this year, but the year before last, uh, we go to the, to the rodeo out here in May. We go to the rodeo. My two sons are with me, and, and they got the big Miller Lite tent set up, and they're they're selling Miller Lite. And a guy I went to high school with, a good guy, a good friend of mine, he walks up, and he's got the biggest Miller Lite you've ever seen, and he walks up and says, Hey, Toby, what's going on? I haven't seen you since, since a while. We we were talking, and we were visiting. Um, another guy who's in his mid-40s, a um, guy that, that knew me as the pastor, Comes up and he's got the same size Miller Light, but he's got it behind his thigh. And he's walking like this. He comes up with his, with his Miller Light behind his thigh, and he, he looks like he's gonna fall down with his Miller Light. And the whole time we're talking, my one friend's talking, this guy's leaned over with his hand behind his thigh. We talk, hey, what's going on? Looks like it might rain tonight. He leaves, and my fourth grade son says, why did he have a beer behind his leg? hypocrisy, trying to appear one way that you're not, trying to appear, you know what, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a souped up spiritual guy and, and, I, and I'm really maybe not uh, what you think I ought to be, uh, hypocrisy. The next word is envy. It is resentful discontent in the original thought. What it means is you resent others because of the dissatisfaction in your life. Now what that means is I'm not happy with my life So I'm going to run down your life. And that's what the word envy means. You know what? I'm not happy with my house, and I'm not happy with my situation. I'm not happy with with the car that we drive. And so instead of doing something about that, I just run down the stuff you have. Look at that guy, and he's this, and they're sorry, and look at that house. Um, Really, it's a dissatisfaction with yourself that makes you resent somebody else. The last word in the list there is all slander. means backbiting lies. It means a lie, a falsehood with the intent to tear somebody down. Think about some of the guys you know. And, I, and I'll just tell you, if you find a man and he, and he speaks to tear some other guy down or some other person down, they talk with the intent to tear people down and that's how they talk. I'm gonna tell you very honestly, that's not a person of character And for sure, it's not a person with the character of Jesus Christ. Peter takes that list of of things there and he says, you know what? To live in a world that's opposed to us, we ought not look like that world. And so what he says is these things cannot exist in the life of a Christian. You know what? We're opposed to the world. We're going against the flow of the world. So we can't act like and we can't look like the world. These things cannot exist in the life of a Christian. That's the biblical truth. Now look at verse two. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Verse two is a very interesting verse. It says this, we are to grow in our Christian walk. If you put your faith in Christ, you are to be growing in your Christian walk. You're to be growing as a follower of Jesus Christ. And as we grow as followers of Jesus Christ, it is then that we're able to put aside the things in verse 1. Here's the question. So how does that happen? You know what? I've turned from that, and I've put my faith in Christ, and these things I need to set down. Those things are my instinct. That's how I'm wired, but those things I can no longer do. I'm not supposed to look like the world that I'm existing in. How is that supposed to happen? Get this today. We grow as Christians by longing for the milk of the word. Now what that means, what the picture is, like a baby craves milk, a Christian craves the word of God. My kids, when they were born, you know what, they came out, they showed up looking for some milk. Uh, We didn't have to say, hey, this is going to feed you and you're going to like this and if you'll try this for a while, it'll catch on with you. They showed up looking for some milk. That's how we're supposed to be as Christians. We grow in our Christian walk when we crave the word of God. Like a baby develops... When it takes in milk, we develop when we take in the word of God. Like a baby becomes mature when it drinks the milk, we mature as Christians when we take in the word of God. And that is the process that Peter's telling us here as we start the second chapter. As we leave these things, you know what? It's not your willpower. It's not your resolve. It's the fact that you've left that, but you've now turned to the word of God. Let me tell you two things. Let me show you two things here. First thing is this. It is natural. It is the natural thing for a Christian. Just like that baby desires milk, a Christian ought to crave the Word of God. It is a natural thing for a Christian to desire to know and to read the Word of God. let Let me just tell you very truthfully. I used to treat it, the Word of God, like something that I could just take or leave. You know what? I go to church, I hear a message. You know what? I carry a Bible. I get back in my pickup, I throw it in the seat, and I'll pick it up next week as I go back into church next week. If I go back to church next week and I'm not bailing hay somewhere, it's something I can take or leave. You know what? It's some good stuff and I hear some good things in it, but it's not something that I would ever grab a hold of. And that's pretty much how I treat the Word of God until there was a point in my life that for whatever was happening in my life, I need to hear what God has said. And I need need to have God's direction in my life. My direction has screwed it up and has messed it up. And you know what? I need God's direction in my life. I've got a bunch of conflicting voices in my head and in my world. I've got a bunch of ignorant voices in my world. I need to hear the voice of God. And when that happened, I began to be consumed with reading the Word of God and hearing the Word of God and studying and knowing the Word of God. Let me tell you this, if you're actually committed to living as a man who desires to honor Christ, to live as Christ, it is a natural thing to be drawn to the word of God. Second thing is this, the word of God leads us to Christ. That's the end of chapter one. The word of God from Genesis all the way to Revelation points us to Jesus Christ. However, also the word of God leads us to grow as followers of Jesus Christ. You know what? I I can start in Genesis, and I can read all the way the survey of Scripture all the way to the end, and it's pointing me to Jesus Christ. And if I'm not a Christian, as I read that, I find out that I'm a sinner, and I find out about God's grace. I find out about the only hope I have is not in ever getting good enough, but in a Savior that loved me enough to come and redeem me. It points me to Christ, but as a Christian, it also causes me to develop as a follower of Jesus Christ. How do I turn away from malice and envy and slander? Those things are part of me. How do I know how to raise my kids as God would have me raise my kids? How do I know how to treat my wife as I ought to treat my wife? How do I know how to stand as a man as as God would have me stand in these days? How do I know where my hope is? How do I know how not to get distracted? How do I know what my purpose and my mission is? How do I know what honors God and what is a sin in God's sight? It comes alone from the word of God. Listen to me today. The truth is this. If you wanna be who God called you to be, And I'll just tell you, as you sit here today, God called you to be something. He built you to be something. We've been lied to that, you know what, our job is to pay bills and to fit in and to move through life and get somewhere and get inside of a casket. That's not the truth. God built you to do something. He built you to honor him. You want to be who God called you and built you to be and not some guy that just floats through life, not some sellout who looks like the world that exists in, but you want to be a godly man that your wife and your kids could trust in and point to, you have to consume and be consumed with the word of God. Bottom line, God's word changes us as Christians. Here's what I'll sum this up today is this. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you, put your faith in Jesus. If you're here today, nothing else is going to matter until you put your faith in Christ. God's word is going to point you to Christ. You come find me, I'll tell you and I'll point you through the scripture to Jesus Christ. If you're not a Christian, put your faith in Christ. But I want to tell you the second thing is this. If you are a Christian, put your mind and your eyes and your ears in the word of God. He'll change you through it. Glad you're here today. Let's close in a word of prayer. I'll lead it. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. I'm thankful that you forgive me, that you love me as a sinner, as a messed up person, that, that I didn't get too far away, that, that you broke me off, that, that each of us here, you love us and that through Christ you give us a clean slate, that you forgive us, that you restore us. I thank you for that. But I also pray that today, uh, as Christian men, those in this room, that we would begin uh, to be drawn to your word. We would want to read it. We would want to study it. We would want to be where it's preached. We would want to memorize it. That our lives would be what you created them to be, not just passing days, not just paying bills, but that we would be the person, the man that you've built us, called us to be. Help us to to be people that are consumed with and that consume your word. Pray for each man here today. Bless them, lead them, encourage them. As we go back the rest of our week, let us look different than the sorry world that we exist in. Let us point to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.